Hello and welcome to the Bench Warmer Post. Today I am here with my first ever collaborator and honestly NBA aficionado. He's well known for his NBA articles on Reddit, specifically the Discount Centers post and the Least Valuable Player post. Zandrick Ellison, hopefully I pronounced that right. How are you yeah. doing today, man? Good. Thanks for the introduction. I'm, I'm very impressed. Although I don't think your listeners will be. I don't think I'm that well known, but I appreciate being here anyway. Hey, man, you put out great content. I am a huge fan of your writing. Oh, thanks. Honestly, I'm extremely excited for you to actually agree to be here on this podcast. Thank first you. Ever first, first person to ask me to be on a podcast. First podcast I've been on. I think I'm the last man in America who has never been on a podcast. So this is going to be big for me. <laughs> so um today i actually wanted to talk about well there's a lot of things we would sh- we should catch about catch up about on the podcast and really i think the biggest news story aside from lebron james being a laker is demarcus cousins has agreed to become a golden state warrior what are your thoughts on well, I agree with you. There's so much stuff going on in the NBA right now. I wish they spread it out a little bit. You know, you get a week on LeBron, get a week to digest the Boogie Cousins thing. Um, and I feel like there's so many signings that kind of went under the radar as a result. But certainly Cousins signing with the Warriors is a big deal. I, I tend to – my initial reaction is that I think people are overestimating how big of an impact it will be this season. I don't see it being – a quick transition or a seamless transition. I think it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride to start. Well, until it gets fully healthy, at least I don't know about you. I agree with that sentiment, but I think the main thing here is that so many of these ESPN analysts are really just railing in on the idea that DeMarcus Cousins is their fifth all-star. A lot of people have made it a point that they basically have the West all-star team in place as like their starting five once DeMarcus Cousins gets ready. And according to his agent, he's not aiming to be ready by the opener, the season opener. He's aiming to be ready for the playoffs. And honestly, after digesting it after a week or so, it's the most ideal situation for a star like Boogie, who was actually injury ridden. And he's like supposedly a team cancer and he can't be a winning player. And I feel like as much as I hate it, as much as so many NBA fans dislike the move, it really is the correct move, a move that no one saw coming. Everyone thought that DeMarcus was going to be a Pelican. He's going to resign with Anthony Davis. He's going to join the Lakers with LeBron. Um, really, no one actually thought this was actually going to be a move and that the Warriors are just going to stay fit. Well, look who's left now. Yeah, and I and I think that's another reason why you can't really hate on the move because you look at the parties involved. Like you said, for Boogie, he has that bad reputation. He's going to be rehabbing from injury anyway. It was not a good market for him, and and I'm excited for him to have that opportunity to be a winner. And I, and I think we see that all the time throughout recent NBA history. The guy who is quote unquote not a winner until he's on a good situation winning. I remember when Kevin Garnett used to get blasted for never getting out of the first round, suddenly you put him on Boston and he's like the consummate champion. Or Paul Gasol in Memphis used to get a lot of flack for not being a winning player, put him on a good team, and suddenly he's exactly the kind of guy you want on a championship team. I think Cousins certainly can do that, and he will do that. I just hope 
it's in the right dosage. I hope he comes in realizing I'm going to be a bench scorer. I'm going to work my way into this rotation. This is clearly working. I don't need to be the 25 and 12 scoring Boogie Cousins chasing stats because I don't think he needs that. He's done that. He just needs to prove he's healthy. He needs to prove he can fit in. And he needs to prove he, he can win, which he should do. I mean, all you have to do is not F it up, right? I honestly agree. I just feel as though he's already just going to be in the starting lineup. Because from what they had as their standard situation, from Zaza, Pachulia, to JaVale McGee, DeMarcus Cousins is literally one of the best modern centers in the NBA right now. The guy put up, like, what, 27 points last season? Yeah, his stats are MVP-level stats. But my fear is what we saw with Cleveland last year. You have Isaiah Thomas coming in off an MVP year. Either he was never healthy or they rushed him back or whatever the situation is. When he came back, he was not up to fitness level. Really screwed up their rhythm, taking a lot of bad shots. And you wonder, maybe they should have held him back another month. I don't know his health situation. But sometimes it is hard for that all-star to come in and play a role. I certainly think he would be a starter if he's 80% healthy or 90% healthy. If he's 60%, then I'd like to see him come off the bench and just play that backup role, sort of like a superstar David West off the bench until he works himself back into full fitness and gets back in that starting lineup. You heard the reason why DeMarcus was actually like joining the Warriors, and a lot of it has to do with him not being offered a max contract, you know? The Pelicans were rumored to give him, like, an $18 million a year deal, and he didn't want to take it. He wanted the max. And the fact that he signed with the Warriors for a $5.3 million deal, that's dimes on the dollar. No, absolutely. And, you know, he was – I wrote in a post about potential – I called them buyer beware free agents, guys that potentially could get overpaid, and he led the list at center because – I thought he was looking at a contract. Somebody would get desperate, frankly, and, and give him $20 million a year just because he is such a star and he has such great stats. Would have been a hugely risky contract coming off the injury, especially if it was more than one year or two years. Um, but teams, we've seen it in free agency. For the most part, I think NBA teams are, have backed off these risky players and have been making smart decisions. The market's not there. They're not going to you know, tie their hands. You've seen these like, albatross contracts that – have bitten franchises in the past and they realizing that we have to just be, you know, prudent about it, give one year deals, two year deals, and then save our cap space. Cause there's nothing that's better for an NBA GM than to claim, you know, Oh, we have room for a max guy next summer, you know, keep me around. Maybe I'll do it. Even though none of these guys are going to sign max players anyway. Well, I certainly agree with that. You see a lot of these guys in free agency are taking one year deals so they could Test out the market in 28, 2019. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's. It's going to completely shift, I think, because from what I read is, you know, you're talking about half the teams having room for max slots. It's definitely going to be a a seller's market. Somebody, if, if Boogie's healthy, he should be able to get 20 million from some team. Um, And I wonder if some of those GMs are going to regret it being like, you know, we saved for a rainy day that, you know, never came. And we, you know, now we're one of 10 teams fighting for Cousins when we could have had him this year. It's interesting, interesting. This this move was unparalleled. And really, it kind of, a day after LeBron decides to go to the Lakers, which 
honestly, everyone that was the headline, LeBron to the Lakers. Is he one of the greatest Lakers to play in the purple and gold? Is is Kobe even a top 10 Laker anymore? I, I still think that's the story. I mean, Boogie Cousins is, is the most shocking to me because we've heard about the LeBron to the Lakers for so long. Right. In terms of moving the needle, I don't see Cousins doing that much. I think the Warriors are going to win with or without him. But talk about a ch- franchise-changing move is LeBron to the Lakers. That's something that completely changes their game plan and their window and makes them relevant really quickly. How do you feel about – you know, LeBron's like old nemesis, nemeses, nemesis. <laughs> it's like super. Uh, it's like the yeah, league of, team of the league, the league or the Legion of Doom. You Legion know, um, well, Rondo and Lance ear blowing Stevenson joins LeBron and JaVel McGee. I forgot, but you know, he's a footnote. Yeah, they, it's a little Lakers. scary. From his perspective, you know, it reeks of like a Doc Rivers move where it's, you know, those guys are only played well a handful of times. They happen to play well against LeBron's teams. Right. And you wonder if he's like, hey, you know, Lance did play well against me back in Indiana. Maybe maybe he's still a decent player. And I think he is a decent player. And I think Rondo's a decent player. I, I just don't know about the fit. I think everyone's been saying the same thing. You can't have a whole bunch of ball movers you can't shoot i mean it, it's it's gonna be an interesting situation if they end up playing heavy minutes i'm still not convinced that lance stevenson is gonna be a 20 30 minute a night kind of player for them i'm not convinced that javel mcgee was even a good move for the lakers well it, you know and i saw brooke lopez just signed yeah that was a great signing by the uh bucks was it yeah the bucks and the guy that i really wish the lakers got um, who I had in my potential bargain play was was Nerlens Noel, who ah uh, yes, was the same agent as LeBron. I thought it was an obvious move, almost in a boogie kind of way, where he goes there for a year, rehabs his stock, puts himself in the conversation, and then parlays that into a huge move. He just must be <laughs> the biggest head case of all behind the scenes because everything on paper and everything you watch as a fan, you're like, this guy should be starting. This guy should be getting thirty minutes a night playing on all defensive teams and there's just something that doesn't click but gosh that that team would have been ideal for him you have run and gun lakers young guys he fits their timeline of the younger kids just blocking shots rim running he would have fit in really well there he's basically what javel mcgee was supposed to be 10 years ago and never really developed into that and now you get the older slower version for the same price i don't really understand that move it's it's a little head scratching and Speaking of the young guys, a little off topic from like moving away from LeBron to Lakers and DeMarcus Cousins. The other big story that everyone is talking about, and I'm pretty sure you could guess it, is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I, that's a shocker, right? I mean, and looking forward, it seems like they're going to be in a stalemate for a while. If the Lakers, and I think wisely so, hang on to Brandon Ingram and even Lonzo Ball, knowing that Kawhi's a free agent next summer, they have a great shot to sign him. I don't know if they need to sell the farm for him right now. And I don't know what team out there is going to get desperate because the suitors like Boston and Philadelphia, now the Lakers, they have to feel pretty good about their situation. They're, they're not boxed into a corner and having to make wild moves to trade the farm. So I'm not sure if San Antonio is getting the package that they expect. I feel as though with 
Kawhi. There's a lot of things that we aren't seeing or hearing tidbits of behind the scenes. You know, there's rumors that Kawhi's uncle is leading the talks and that he's part of his group and that Kawhi himself or the San Antonio Spurs for that matter, haven't said anything officially. It's just from beat reporters or analysts that are just conjuring up like all this hum and drum, you know? Yeah. Um, there's like, it's, not, it's not a good look for the uncle. It's, <laughs> it's not a good look for Kawhi, but I don't know yeah. what he could say. If he comes out and says, my feelings got hurt, I don't like them anymore, they were mean to me, or I don't like the trainers. I, I don't know what he could say that really makes the situation better. I think it's just a poison situation um, for whatever reason. I think it's hard, you know, and maybe it's better to part ways. I, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of curious to see how you would do in a different team in a different system. Um, certainly he was a top three player with the Spurs, but we've seen a lot of guys look much better in, the, in San Antonio's uniform than outside it. And certainly he has his own injury history. I, I think he's a risky acquisition, especially if you, you know, hand him over a max contract right after. I'd like to see how he looks. One thing that really, like, boggles my mind is the fact that it's Kawhi Leonard. You know, <clears throat> this guy, he was a – he was like a late first-round pick by the San Antonio Spurs, a guy that couldn't shoot. He was just lengthy. He, he wasn't really even NBA-ready. And this guy, the Spurs molded him. And yeah. back to what you were saying before about Kawhi. They, they, must have, they must have a magic coaching staff because people always use Kawhi Leonard as yeah. an example He's, of like – Giannis can learn to shoot like Kawhi did, or Ben Simmons can learn to shoot like Kawhi did. Kawhi Leonard was shooting pretty well almost right away as a rookie. I think it was like 35, 36, 37% from three after, as you said, not being a shooter in college. So he's not a slow developer. Somehow it just clicked right away. They must have figured out something in his shot, and he's been off and running ever since. Um, I, you know, on paper, sounds like a perfect marriage. I, you know, he fits their kind of franchise mold. Yeah. Um, on the on and off the court, he did seem like the next Duncan. And depending where he goes, I wonder if he'll look back and regret it. If he ends up being sent to Siberia somewhere, almost like Blake Griffin, <laughs> and you're, um, I don't know, I, you might look back and wonder. I think Shaq mentions that too. Like he wishes he stayed in Orlando. Obviously, he had a lot of success, but there is mm. something to be said about staying with one franchise and having those fans be loyal to you for the next forty years. Loyalty is the name of the game, and I don't think there's that many players now that would actually be loyal to a franchise. Um, and, I, and I think it's to their detriment. I, I look at somebody like Dirk Nowitzki, who's beloved in Dallas and will yeah. be until he's 85 years old, compared to some other guys who might have been great players like Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, mm. and Kat, Dwight Howard, guys who moved around a little a bit too much. And I don't know if any of their fan bases really embrace them. You know, I think Houston fans would say they like Yao Ming more than they like Tracy McGrady. And I, I think there's some there's something to be said for for having that loyalty from your fan base. It makes you history looks back kinder on you if you do that as opposed to being the assassin looking for money. But, you know, money's nice, too. So you can't blame anyone for that. One thing that is very interesting that I was reading up on is that Kawhi, the whole the whole rift between the franchise, the Spurs, and the player, Kawhi, is that they didn't really, I guess, go together on terms of like what their medical staff says. And Kawhi went to his personal doctor. This is the interesting part. 
sure. who was the same doctor that evaluated um, the 76ers players. Yeah, not a great track record on that guy. I mean, what happened? I don't know what happened with Markel Fultz, but um, I, I think working on a shooting, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I understand that, and I and I think if if Kawhi ever came out and gave his reasons, I think that's the most legitimate one. As a professional athlete, you really can't monkey around with your body and and tr- take the advice of doctors you don't trust because it is your future on the line. So, if it's a medical con- consideration. It's, that would be the most legitimate excuse, although you would point to, I'm sure the Spurs would point to how long Ginobili played, how long Tony Parker played, and Tim Duncan. Clearly, they're doing something right in managing their guys. I, I haven't really remembered any real injury history from any of their players that would have derailed their career. So that, that's a, a legitimate excuse and certainly a reason that he might lean to the Sixers if they actually sign off on him. <sighs> um, what do you think the Spurs, like, their whole move is? You know, um, the 76ers, they're an option, but if the Lakers are not willing to give up Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and, like, two first-round picks, like, a it's King's tough. ransom, basically. Sure. It, it, I, what do you think the Spurs it, do? It's a tough situation. I, I think there's a risk of them getting stuck in that middle, and not so much middle like Charlotte Hornets, where you're out of the playoffs, but middle like Miami Heat, where you might – maybe make the second round on a good year and you're out in the first round on a bad year. Um, almost anything they do, you're going to be stuck in that range. Cause if you trade Kawhi Leonard for a decent player or even a good player, like CJ McCollum, you're probably still in that same range. I, and then if you go super young, it doesn't really fit with the timeline of somebody like LaMarcus Aldridge either. You're definitely getting stuck in purgatory. I, I don't know. I, I, I would certainly try to make it work with Kawhi Leonard. And if you can't, I would probably lean to go young. I think it pushes their timeline back. And also, you, as you mentioned, your coaching staff is renowned for being able to develop young guys. So if you acquire Brandon Ingram, if you can, Markel Fultz at worst, you have to have some confidence that you're going to get the most out of these guys. Even like Markel Fultz, Zaire Smith package, they could get... Mm get to that level probably a year or two quicker than they could in another situation. Um, I would do that. I would go young. I mean, if I'm, if I'm pop, I'm demanding Brandon Ingram. I think that guy will be an all-star with them within two years and having legit 25 potential points per game, potential fringe, all, you know, MVP level player in the right situation. I just think he has it. And I, that's the one guy, Jalen Brown, Markel Fultz, Whoever, that's the one like shining jewel that I think makes it worth it. One thing that's like very, I guess, like the Spurs are kind of going young, you know. Um, Lonnie Walker, he's playing the summer league. He had like 14 points uh, his uh, under his summer league game, and then they have Dejounte Murray, who's an excellent defender. He's working on his offense. I'm pretty high on Dejounte Murray, but sure. well, and. Really- it's it's tough. It is the Spurs, you know, and it, like Lonnie Walker was a prospect that I didn't like. I I just felt like, oh, this guy's going to be inefficient. He's just going to be a high volume scorer. Mm. And then as soon as the Spurs take him, you're like, well, you know what? Maybe maybe that's a good pick. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a superstar. It, it, they make you doubt yourself in the same way. Yeah, their track they, record is just insane. It's like the New England Patriots. As soon as they like somebody, suddenly oh. you have to question yourself. Um, 
and I so I do be a good addition. There's certainly the path to staying in the playoffs. You know, they made the playoffs this year without Kawhi Leonard, so they could stay in that range. In terms of title upside, it's really hard to see um, in either path they take. What would you What would you do if you're if you're Popovich and you have those options on the table? Honestly, I'm not entirely sure what I would do with uh, Greg Popovich and uh, the Spurs because I would think they would try to lead young more than anything. Well, let and... me give you let me give you a couple packages. Here are the packages. You tell me which one you take. Okay, say Boston comes to you and says, "We'll give you Jalen Brown and a pick." The Lakers say they'll give you Brandon Ingram straight up. I don't know how the math works there, but just pretend. The Sixers say Markel Fultz and Robert Covington. And then the Trailblazers come out of left field and say, we'll give you C.J. McCollum, veteran player, ready to win now. Which of mm. those four would you take? And those are the only offers on the table. It's weird because I'm not that high on C.J. McCollum. Um, I'm just not feeling C.J. McCollum. He would be a good player with the Spurs and paired with Marcus Aldridge and a couple other veteran guys and some of the younger kids. I could see it working. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You're, you're, you're a round one team, you know. You're kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah. It's really hard to find a situation. And that's why when I mentioned Blake Griffin, I wonder if there's a sleeper team out there that feels a little more desperate. You know who doesn't feel like their future is that bright and needs to oh, shake it up. Are you saying like more like a Blake Griffin to the Pistons type? Of yeah, exactly. And, and that that was the perfect storm because you had a coach on the rocks who knew that he would be out without a bold move, a franchise that probably didn't think they were getting a superstar any other way. Um, obviously the red flag with Blake Griffin was the contract and injury history, so it wasn't right. so much like you're trading a lot for him. It was just more the risk of him as an asset, but I'd love to see Kawhi Leonard go to a team that is not relevant right now and really, you know, adds to them. You know, I, I, you have to figure out the package, but if he ended up going to like a team like Washington or Indiana or somewhere in the East, that's sort of in that lower tier playoff range, Miami, maybe, and maybe they're not going to win a title, but suddenly with Kawhi Leonard, they're, you know, in the conversation for a top three seed, and, you know, making waves and, and Kawhi can go back to being an MVP candidate if it all works out. You see, I think the team made the player that the player isn't going to be as good from the team. It's like Isaiah Thomas from Boston. Sure. There's no you doubt. Know? It's a big risk. And I sometimes I don't know if you ever check those defensive metrics. And I do that for real plus minus and um, everybody on the Spurs grades well you know kyle anderson who's slow he's a great defensive player according to that and davis Bertans is a good defensive player oh they just and, resigned him yeah he's a good signing too but you just don't know is is he a good defensive player on the spurs or is he a good or would he be roasted on the other team and obviously quiet leonard's the best version of all these guys but the difference between a top five guy and a top 15 guy is large if you're paying him the max It's it's an interesting conundrum because Kawhi himself is is like a pivotal asset, and there are a lot of question marks. And one thing I don't understand is that the personality and from what we're hearing that he wants to go to Lakers. 
Well, and there's so many conflicting reports. He wants to go to the Lakers, yeah. then he, but he doesn't want to be the star. Then he does want to be the star, and he wants to be more famous, but he doesn't want the spotlight. I mean, he can't have it all. That's why the Clippers do make sense in some way. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what he's looking for because he doesn't talk, of course. But <laughs> I, I, I think for his sake, I don't know what he's going to do. He can't sit out another season, can he? I mean, if he gets upset with the Spurs and there's no deal to be made. I don't think it's in his best interest to sit out again because no one's seen him in a year. I don't know who's going to pay him $200 million sight unseen for the last year and a half. I think he needs to come back and at least show that he's a top 10 player still. But is he going to play with the Spurs? That's the thing. Cause if the Spurs do not trade him, he's going to be a free agent next year. But if he doesn't even, if, if the reports are true that he is not going to play at all for the Spurs, yeah, he's threatening to not play. And that's how is that going to increase his value? And and a team might forgive him because you know, if as long as he's in the building, you can forgive all manners of sins. But I'm surprised Kawhi's finally getting some flack for this. I think the public is kind of turned on him now. But right. it's amazing to me how much hate Kevin Durant got. Leaving as a free agent, you know, that's his right. It didn't derail anyone. Didn't screw anyone over except fans. But he had every right to do that. These guys like Kawhi, Kyrie Irving, Carmelo Anthony in Denver, when you make these trade demands or Paul George and, and hold your team hostage before you're a free agent, I think that is more damaging of a franchise. And I think those kind of guys should be given more grief than, you know, LeBron going to Miami or Durant going to Golden State. That's their right. You know, the team should have planned accordingly to suddenly – hijack the conversation and, and hold your team for ransom like this is really a problem, I think, for the league. And it, it could be the kind of thing that continues is this sort of, you know, team players get more and more power and feel like they can control their destiny, which they should be able to when they're free agents, not when they're under contract. One thing to say is that as a Knicks fan, I did not like the Carmelo trade and a lot of people were praising that we have Carmelo at the time. No, we gave up like we got our entire roster for the guy, and yeah, I really thought Carmelo would be like a championship type of player, but clearly he's for the money. No, well, and also, yeah, he should have waited in hindsight because they gave up a lot. Yeah, not superstars, but decent players, and I think the Knicks are one of those, and the Lakers now same way. If you think you're going to be a free agent destination, maybe next year or the year after, why rush it? You really don't have to. Um, if you're Oklahoma City and you don't think you're getting a player to come there, then you have to jump the gun. But for your team, the Knicks, I think you can wait. I think you can see what happens. I think that's going to be an appealing destination whenever you guys have cap space. I don't know. Next year, do you have cap room or is it the year after? We have two max slots apparently for next year. So I guess there's rumors that Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler might consider us. Of course, like a lot of delusional Knicks fans will want them, but Personally, I want to do what the Warriors did, grow with our players, develop them, and then after we've proven ourselves like within like the playoffs, go high. You know, um, We have a smart organization now. I don't know if you watched the Summer League highlights, but Kevin Knox has been showing great. that. Yeah, he's, looks great. Yeah, he's athletic. He's a lot more athletic than anyone ever really thought. Well, um, he's the kind of guy, too, where it's – I was a little worried about him when I first – you know, basically you look at the stat page and you see this guy's not the most efficient player. He's not, you know, he's scoring, but he's not leading the team to a lot of wins. And then the more you watch, the more you like him. He 
you know, this is a top 10 recruit coming in, coming into college. He has all the tools. He has the size to play small forward, power forward. He has all the checks, all the boxes. And he's exactly the kind of stretch dynamic power forward you would want next to Porzingis if they're all healthy. So I'm, I'm really high on that pick. Um, I, I hope that he does well and he play. you know, I'm higher on him than everything else in the organization. I'm still not sold on Fizdale right now. And How do you feel about Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson. Wow. That's a deep cut. But I, he's the kind of guy, too, where you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. And the guy that I labeled the best pick of the first round of this draft was Robert Williams. And mm. I praise, and I praise, I praise Nerlens Noel, too. And I'm like, this guy seems like he should be great. Same with Robert Williams. What a value pick. And then the more you read, the more of a problem child he seems to be. And, I, and I, some of that's clearly going on with Mitchell Robinson as well. He, he has the talent. He could have been a top 20 pick at least out of high school if, if he didn't have a little wayward journey. So it's all about what's going on behind the, their head. And as somebody who writes like on Reddit or just as a fan, I think that's the one thing that you can't be confident about. You can have opinions you could watch players, you could watch their stats and know their advanced stats, but we really don't have the access to these guys' character, their work ethic, and in the right. case of Kawhi Leonard, their medical history. So those big unknowns kind of hang over their head. So you don't really know. Unless you're burning. Yeah, where Mitchell Robinson was drafted, great pick, great value, big upside. You just don't, there's those question marks that we just don't know. We don't have access to that. I mean, apparently uh, he dropped out of Western Kentucky because his godfather, who was the assistant uh, coach there, resigned. And he that's the whole reason why he didn't play in college. Um, apparently he's been Maybe. working on his game the entire yeah. time. And it's funny that, you know, you, sometimes those big men who are big, college isn't the right environment for them. Not academically but just in terms of the game itself and just the way the game's catered for every deandre ayton who puts up 20 and 10 it's very rare it's more often that guys like jared allen or deandre jordan or any of these guys miles turner they they can't tend to go to college and these guards don't really know how to highlight them and so suddenly their stock's dropping when in fact they have all the talent in the world with mitchell robinson obviously we didn't see him play but right. even if he did, I don't know if he would be putting up 20 and 10. He might be putting up 10 and 8. But the best is yet to come for all those big men. I think it takes a couple of years for most of them. And, and that's what makes somebody like DeAndre Ayton so unique is that suddenly day one, he looks like a 30-year-old all-star out there. But for the vast majority of these guys, it's going to take two or three years. Who do you see as a sleeper of this draft? First round only. Well, I know you said you were high on Robert Williams, but... I was having Robert Williams until I found out he was crazy. Um, now I want to hedge my bets a little bit. Um, there's nothing like touting Robert Williams as the best pick of the first round that he misses. He missed the call and he missed his flight. You get the guy on alarm clock at least, you know, with the new contract. Um, the guy, I think in regards to Kevin Knox too, the guys that always interest me and in what they have left in the tank are the guys on super teams like Kentucky or especially Duke. Duke, this has basically been become Kentucky with these five superstars. So you never know what they have that we haven't seen. You know, somebody like Gary Trent Jr., who's a shooting guard who went to Portland in round two. Right. 
he was just a catch and shoot guy, did it well, didn't show anything else in his game. But you wonder, he also footers, playing with another senior scorer. Maybe he is has more to offer. Like another example would be Carl Anthony Towns at Kentucky. We thought he would just be a big man in the post. Turns out he can shoot threes, he can get out there and run. There's more that he has to offer that we didn't see. Same with Devin Booker on that same team. Mm. And so I think the coaching is so limited in college that we, we don't see the best of all these guys. And so for some of these talented super recruits, like Gary Trent Jr., who was a top 10 recruit himself and just really didn't shine as the fourth guy at Duke, I think he fits in really well with Portland. Right now he would be the guy that jumps to mind to me as somebody who potentially be um, a major player in the NBA. I compared him to Tim Hardaway Jr. You're very similar careers in college, similar skill sets, skill sets that are in demand. It would not surprise me if Gary Chant Jr. becomes a player like that or a player like Alan Crabb, maybe overpaid or not, still making $10 million. I think he has that potential. <laughs> uh, that was great analysis. That's all I really have to say. Okay, I'm... No problem. I'm excited for you. I think your podcast, from what I've heard, is extremely well done. I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm for the Knicks. They need it. They need you hanging in there, unlike that kid who was booing Kevin Knox. Got to uh, show them I some love. Charm at this point. I know, a little sticky, but um, I think the future's bright, and and I'm happy for the NBA. I know everyone's bummed out about Boogie Cousins, the Golden State Warriors. Pencil them in for a couple. There's just so many fun storylines. There's so many good young kids coming into the league. And as you said, we've harped on so much cap space next summer. People are going to be moving, shaking. I like the storylines. I got, I got a little stale watching Golden State beat Cleveland. Let's see something else. Who do you think is going to be the biggest free agent next year? Next year? Yeah. I, it depends who's moving. I wouldn't pay Kyrie Irving a max unless he comes in healthy. Um, I wouldn't pay Kawhi Leonard a max unless he plays 60 games. Um, but based on the surface level, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he, he is legit top five player. And if he does reach the free market, he should be the guy that everyone's after. Unless Kevin Durant slips out. Did he sign a one-in-one or a two-year deal? I forgot. I think it was a one-in-one. Yeah, well, if that blows up, you know, if Boogie was sent in as a sleeper agent to blow up the Warriors and Kevin Durant leaves, he's certainly the number one. Kawhi Leonard would be number two. And we don't have to hear about LeBron James for agency for a while. He's, he's done. He's locked in. Time for other people to be the big attraction. I mean, LeBron, he's going to be a free agent right when his son gets drafted into the NBA. So whoever drafts LeBron Jr. is going to get know, LeBron that poor I feel for LeBron Jr. Everyone's penciling him in for the NBA. I, that, that's hard to do. You know, no, there's not much nepotism in the NBA. If you, if you can't, if you're not a superstar, it's not an easy league to make. And, and you can't certainly meet those expectations. But I hope, he, I hope he plays in the league. That would be nice for him. I hope he doesn't turn out like the Jordan kids, you know? Um, I, they, I don't know how you don't. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the thing that's a that's a whole difference i don't know too much about lebron jr maybe he's a superstar maybe he's not it just scares me a little bit that these guys get so much hype early on and access to all the best coaching early on and they're ahead of the curve early on 
but that doesn't always last. You know, like Austin Rivers was a big shot because his dad probably coached him really well. And then eventually the talent catches up with him. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bet my life savings on LeBron James Jr. being a superstar. But from everything I read, read he's going to be an NBA player. So best of luck. <sighs> There's a lot to talk about um, regarding just the NBA. But I think we've covered the main points of this whole Absolutely. Reading. And I want to come back on in five years to talk about LeBron Jr. in the draft <laughs> and LeBron James's free agency, the package deal. What about Dwayne Wade's son? I hear he's yeah. decent. Just clone. I just want clones. Forget these juniors. Just clone all these guys. <laughs> Play them for the next 10 years. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for having me on. No Keep problem. Your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Zandrick. Thank you. Dude, take care. Take care.